We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Hey there, we at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. It is another great day in combat sports. Hopefully you guys enjoyed our last episode where we really touched on a lot of the extracurriculars going on around our life and around the Internet. Hopefully you guys had fun with that. Today we'll be talking more combat sports, specifically pro wrestling. And uh, it's nice to, you know, really get on here. It took us a while to start recording today. There was some breaking news in boxing that we'll talk about next week as well. Some, you know, rumors circulating about a possible Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua matchup. So that's getting exciting. Business is picking up. So that's that's really good. Dre, but what I want to start today's show off with is not in the realm of boxing or pro wrestling or what's currently happening. What I want to talk about is something that's kind of taken a wave over Twitter the past two days. And I don't want to get into the particulars and name names or whatever. But I want to start this off with a PSA. It's so easy, men, it is so easy to not be a creep. Just don't do it. That's it. It's short. Short, hop on the soapbox, hop off. 
Dre, it's easy to not be a creep. You made it your whole life without being a creep. Why is it so difficult for other men in our industry to just not be creeps? Dude, see, I don't even know if you could talk about this without putting some context around it. At least give some detail. If they don't, some if they don't know, they don't know. <laughs> I'll give a, I'll give a details around this situation. So, um, a, a nice wave of women have come out. I'd say uh, it was twelve for one guy. Um, I don't know his handles like Blogzilla or whatever. And then another guy who's affiliated with the Duce Palooza crew, Chris Styles. Women have come out and. Uh, told their stories of their interactions with those two men and how it revolved around coercion and feeling pressured in situations and those men using their power in the industry to leverage and try to attempt to obtain sexual favors from these women. A lot of these women working with them as interns or photographers or just being part of the atmosphere around putting on the productions or in Blogzilla's case running the website he made a lot of people professionally feel uncomfortable a lot of women feel uncomfortable with working with him by the mere fact of him being a creep or them being a creep and these are again allegations some I think the Chris kid denies a lot of it um, he has since apologized though he went on IG live I wasn't watching that shit and then Blogzilla has apologized on his Twitter but it that to me doesn't matter. It's so easy to just not be a creep in the beginning and not go through this to not make women feel uncomfortable, to just work with women. Like you could work with women like you could work with your homeboys. Like, there shouldn't be a, a difference to the point where you have to be creepy in the workplace or otherwise. Yeah, I wish it was all so simple. Um Creepiness and sexual harassment and all these things that are coming to the service now have existed in the entertainment industry for God knows how long. So, yeah, pop a can to that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I love to say it's easy because, yeah, it's easy for me. And, you know, I'm married. <clears throat> but I've just seen this industry for years uh, find men in positions of power uh, use their power to leverage um, favors from women. So when these things come up, um, it's complicated because I don't. It's nothing new. It just is coming to the surface because of social media. And the thing that has also changed in the music industry is like I've always talked about when I first got in. Like the internet lifted the barrier for a lot of people. Period, including myself. Because living in Vegas, there was no way I was going to be able to write for the source in New York. Unless there was a such thing as the internet. Then social media happened. And the technological aspect uh, improved with video and stuff like that. So now the barrier is completely torn down. So anybody can get in, have this meteoric rise to pseudo-celebrity status. Because they're affiliated with something that's affiliated with something. And <laughs> they use that to try to get other people put on. Some people use that, you know, their, their powers for good. Others use it for their powers of evil because they don't know how to handle this pseudo-celebrity. Like, look, man, <clears throat> I've been doing this. I've been in this industry, well, in journalism since 2003. And uh, I've never felt the need to do that, right? Whereas other people, they get in this industry. A lot of people get in It's weird because I never got into journalism for girls. Like, that was never my thing. But other people, <laughs> like, they do journalism. 
That's really right. not the case with journalism, right? Like, yo, I'm gonna be a journalist so I can get girls. Like, no, you better learn how to ball or spit or do something. What happens is, like, there's groupies are everywhere, right? Which we've kind of learned over the years. Groupies are everywhere, and journalism allows certain. Well, see, I don't even want to call it journalists because some of these motherfuckers ain't even journalists. The entertainment industry allows you to get access to people that other people don't have access to, and with that access comes power. So it's like when I mean I'm I'm a paranoid dude and I always have. So if anybody talks to me that I don't know, like if a woman just were to talk to me, I'd be paranoid. Like why the fuck are you talking to me? What do you want? <laughs> that's that's all. That's just who I am, and that's people, not just women. That's just people. But other people like that. They like that attention because they've taken a picture with ex rapper or ex musician or model or whatever. They have clout, so they use that as leverage to get more women. I mean that's. It's like an age-old thing, and it just is now more prevalent because of the social media. So when I see these stories dropping up, I'm like, dude, the chickens are going to come home to roost. Like, you can't be a creep forever and not have somebody sound the alarm on your ass. And that's what's, what's happening. And it's one thing when it's like, I don't know, again, I don't know if these allegations are true. Uh, I'm not going to go into depths about who I know or anything like that. But what I will say is, it's one thing when it's one person. Because it's always like a gray area, and some th- things can happen where you apologize, like oh, I you know sending mixed signals, da da da. da. Yeah. One time that that's okay, right? You admit you're wrong to that individual, you move on. But when it becomes an epidemic, when there's like multiple women saying that you do this, and do like and, you know do like weird things too, you know what I'm saying? Like you know just whipping your junk out, like come on, man. Yeah, like, like I, 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 I tell this all the time, I played college football I was you know high school football and all these shit and when you go through that culture like I've seen a lot of dumb stuff happen and I have known guys who've used that tactic like freely like just just being honest like I know guys who'd come into a, a party or something and just be like you know have a few drinks and i don't even think they drunk heavy to be real but everybody else is having drinks and the next you know two hours after they're just like whipping it out trying to like put it in girls faces they're like yo that's just corny like get out of here with that shit but that was like their move i was like yo this shit can never work like that it makes no sense but i think it works for a lot of guys and i was like yo that it never registered to me i could never be creepy i never had to be creepy if i liked the girl i told the girl i liked her I can speak to her, but I know a lot of people can't speak, and this drives me back to my key point. A lot of these guys are nerds. Like a lot of these guys never got women. They don't know how to speak to women. They don't know how to speak to people. They've never been cool enough to have legit people and make connections and friendships and relationships and build these things outside of having a little bit of fame or a little bit of power or a status. So. Everything they use in their life is based on that status, including trying to get women, which lead to these creepy ass situations. Yeah. So when it happens, you know, it's I don't know. You know, it's it's always going to be a problem with how women are treated in this industry. And it's unfortunate. Right. And look, I've met dudes that are just terrible and creepy. And on the other side of the coin, I've met women who are just hoes. Right, yeah, like that. That it's also factual. Yep. And you know, you can't get around it. Not every man is a is a heathen, and not every woman is an angel. It's just various deplorable people in these industries. So when we, I see these things come up, 
I don't get too alarmed because, you know, I try to surround myself with a small circle of people that I feel like I can trust and everybody else is an associate. And that's no, no slight to anybody that I don't really talk to like that. But it's, it's true. I don't really know you like that. I don't know how you get down. And I, yeah. I can't be here to vouch for you when some shit goes down. Like, I've been in situations where dudes are like, yo, can you vet? No, I don't know you. Like, I'm not putting <laughs> my brand on the line for you. Like, yep. And I even hate calling it a brand, but that's what these things have become. Like, I It really is. It's, it's personal brand. Yeah, I can't put that shit on the line for people I don't know. So... All this to say is like some of y'all just chill out, man. And this ain't a uh, you know a warning to some of the other out here doing creepy shit. As you listening to this, like take heed, man. Like I'm not saying that you got to be an angel. I'm not saying to, to, to not date multiple women. Do do you? But the creepiness part is gonna come back and get you. Because if you do it more than once, and with the power of social media, nothing is sacred. Nothing. We've seen our nudes have come out. We've seen our informations come out. Crazy, Dog. yeah. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. It's, it's unnecessary. It's that's what it comes down to. It's unnecessary. I, I just, I've seen. I mean, and and it's weird, but I, I've seen people do it the right way. You you being one of them. Like I I've seen you have legit working friendships and relationships with women without any creepiness. Yeah, I don't do it. Where other other guys would be creepy as fuck. But you've been around, you told stories on this podcast about, you know, being a BT and Melissa Ford being around or uh, your boss trying to introduce you to Rihanna. I think you told that on like our live show. Yeah. And all this stuff. And you never had to be creepy. You no. never wanted to be creepy. Like, you know how to move normally and professionally. Some people just don't get this. No, they don't get it. And it, the only question I have to pose to those guys out there is I hope it was worth it. Like, I hope whatever you was after. Is worth your career because that's what it's going to come down to. But I mean, it's, shit, man. If Harvey Weinstein can be a creep, I guess your little menial ass can be a creep too. So. <laughs> Word. Like, it, it's never worth it. I told the story in our group chat today. I was like, yo, not, I, I've never seen, like, I've done hot takes, but that shit's, you know, fun and what I believe. And we have fun with that on a podcast and everything. But I've never, like, been the topic of a Twitter wrath. And there's been one one spot, though. I remember it was like four years ago. If you guys listen to podcasts now for five, six years, you guys have heard this. But for all the people who are just now listening, um, it was one time. And I think I just got with my wife, who was my girlfriend then. And I had to break it off with, you know, other members of the roster. Let's just say it like there were other women who were still hanging around or who I was dating briefly. And me and my wife like went official as a couple and I had to break it off with these girls I remember one of the girls flipped because she gave me her key at this point I was like I think I was sleeping in my car for like two weeks uh, just because I was cheap and I didn't want to go anywhere it would be a burden to anyone so I was sleeping in my car for like two weeks until my new place was ready and my stuff was in storage and she gave me her key it was like yo you can just come over and just sleep here and all this stuff and I was like ah, I'm not trying to get close to you so when I told her, I was like, yo, I got a girlfriend and all this stuff. She's like, give me back my key. And I can't believe you would do this. And all this. I was like, yo, all thing I did was get a girlfriend. But I remember her and all her Vegas Twitter friends and chicks bombarded BSO's comment section on like my post for like two days. Telling like Rob to fire me and I'm a horrible person. And how could I do this? And I was just like, and Rob like text me. He was like, yo, what is going on? I was like, I don't know. I don't want to date the girl and I'm dating someone else 
and they're tight because I got a key to her house that she forced on me. And he was like, yo, just calm down, chill out. I was like, yo, I'm not doing anything. And and that was a legit situation. That situation showed me I don't need to do anything to that wave. Like, nope, I'm I'm not doing it, not you know, like anything that can reflect poorly on me in a social setting, even something stupid like that, where I wasn't even doing anything big. Like, I'm, plenty of guys, you know, get a girlfriend and have to cut people off, but they were tight. So I was like, nope, that, that was that small situation that made it click for me. I was like, nope, never again. Like, I will never put myself in these situations. These guys goes years of being a creep and thought it'd never catch up to them. Couldn't imagine. Yeah, yeah. Could, couldn't wild. imagine. It's wild out here. So um, we'll see how that goes. That leads me into something we've been thinking about talking about for a few weeks, but fits in perfectly here. Uh, Russell Simmons documentary, or documentary about Russell Simmons is about to drop on HBO Plus when that comes out. And it's something you told me about because a couple of people you knew saw it at Sundance. Yeah. And then now the world is about to see this. And... It's focused on one woman who worked, I believe, uh, with Russell Simmons and a Def Jam back in the 90s, finally telling her story about Russell and his actions towards her. And I believe this is an actual, you know, like the severest form of sexual assault and uh, rape on her and how she had to keep quiet in the industry. And I'm, I'm wondering what this will do, especially now that the climate is hot for this. And it's coming up in other regards to smaller people in hip-hop. Will this open up more eyes to getting better treatment for these women? Do you think this documentary is going to hit like the R. Kelly documentary hit? No. I don't think it'll hit like the R. Kelly documentary because that was kids. And that, like, that's like the ultimate no-no. This, on the other hand, while it appears that Russell Simmons is absolutely a creep... This will become a whole lot of he say, she say stuff. And it's, it's tough, man. It's, it's unfortunate that this has happened. But, again, I worked in this industry. And Russell Simmons was a pretty poorly kept secret about his, you know, privacy of women. I never knew any details. I just always heard things. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't think women are ever going to be properly protected. They have to protect themselves, which is unfortunate because guys aren't going to do it. And documentaries like this... I need to see it. I've heard that there are some things in the documentary that were questionable, which led to Oprah's departure because certain stories didn't have didn't have enough detail. And I don't know what to degree that is. I don't know if certain people weren't interviewed. I've just heard things. But obviously, I'm going to watch it because I want to see what the hell is going on. But yeah, uh, yeah I don't I don't think this is going to change much of anything. It sucks. I really wish it would because. People suck, and people that use their pay. And, and you know what? It's like <laughs> it always goes back to the saying: like you don't want to meet your heroes. Like not like Russell's my <laughs> hero, but it's, he's a lot of people's hero, though. Exactly. Like people have looked at Russell for years as a pioneer, and it's like you find this up out about him. A lot of people are just going to be willingly accepting of Russell's bad behavior. They're going to call people liars. It's going to get ugly. But uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see because like that Leaving Neverland documentary, like. I think we've t- we've talked about this. To me, it was such a poorly made documentary, right? There's a difference between having a documentary that tells a bunch of that like word vomit, and mm-hmm. then a documentary that actually uses some form of entertainment value, like movie value. 
Leaving Neverland was a documentary with like two dudes just sitting there talking, right? And just telling stories, nobody fact checks shit, and they just put it out, which is like completely irresponsible of HBO. They're like, the timelines are all messed up, everything. So if, if this Russell Simmons documentary ends up like that, it, it may get swept under the rug. If it ends up with a little bit more detail, then we might have something to talk about. I just don't know how far-reaching this is going to go with the Me Too movement and women getting treated poorly in this industry. I don't know. I don't know. we got to see more people step up and speak out against this kind of behavior. Yeah, I hope it... I hope all of these situations open up eyes and at least, at the very least, I hope this shows that there's a climate for women to come forward. Because a lot that I saw online where they felt that they'd be blackballed by these men or by the industry and wouldn't be able to continue their job so they didn't say anything. Yeah, it's common. At the, at the very least, hopefully this shows that they have some power and they don't have to fear coming forward and being blackballed. So, um, yeah, felt like starting the show off with that because it was a hot button issue and we're in the industry, um, the entertainment industry, and we do live shows and... Um, I haven't been to Duce Palooza yet, but we know some of the people that put that on. And so it kind of hit, you know, a little closer to our working environment and felt like we should talk about it. So we'll be right back, though. Got to pay the bills real quick. But after this quick ad, we'll be back and we're going to talk wrestling because we're going to talk WWE, AEW, NXT and a lot more. So you guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, everyone, we'll get back to the show in a second. But just to let you know, with no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join the day and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. All right, everybody, just that quick, we are back. And like we promised, diving into pro wrestling. And the first topic is... Lo and behold, a rumor going around, and uh, it's posted on a couple smaller sites, but a lot of people are talking about it, and I want to get your take on it, Dre. Do you think it is possible that Vincent Kennedy McMahon is actually thinking about selling the WWE? No. To a company <laughs> like Fox or ESPN? Hell no. Absolutely not. Why? I don't. Usually you sell high. They wouldn't be selling high at this point. No, in the middle of a pandemic to even discuss this after just signing the Fox deal? Would they have, like, tons of money in the reserves? No, yeah. absolutely not. Vin- Getting that Saudi, ba- that Saudi bag three times a year? Dog, there's no way. Like, all Vince, Vincent Kennedy McMahon knows is pro wrestling. I've heard that the man has never been to, like, a grocery store. That he's so insulated in his life. That is really just pro wrestling, and that's it. He'll die. Like, if he were to sell the company, he'd die the next day. Because he has nothing to do. It's over. So, no, man. Rumors like this are silly. 
I mean, there's always a possibility for everything, I suppose, but I don't think there's any way in hell Vince McMahon is selling this shit. Especially not when he has Stephanie and Triple H and Shane, like, and kids. Like, no way. Yeah, grandkids and... Yeah, I don't see it. No. Yeah, no, I, I don't... Again, I just don't see them being at their peak right now. This is the lowest ratings have been in God knows how long. A lot of that, yes, is because people are streaming more. People are, you know, turning to avenues like YouTube. A lot of the younger demographics don't mess with television. So it's a product catered towards kids still. But kids don't watch TV. My kids don't watch any TV. They only watch streaming services. So WWE YouTube will thrive and they'll have good social media platforms. And maybe the network will still be okay. But going to television, kids don't watch television. So as less and less adults watch pro wrestling, then your numbers are going to drop. And I think that's what we're seeing. So it's not the best time for numbers. It's not like you're putting something on the table that's going to wow an investor or a company looking to buy your your property. I I don't understand that. What are you bringing to the table? I I don't think if he did sell, he's not getting UFC money. No. That's why he's not getting three billion. Yeah, like. I, I don't see the cash out on it. Nah. People just like saying shit. That, that's, yeah. all I, that's the only thing I can think of. Is like You just <laughs> feel like making shit up. Because I, I don't see any. You ain't got shit else to do during the pandemic. Yeah. It's just like, hey, let's, let's throw this out there. If Vince, if Vince, the company was struggling and there was a potential buyer, which would be like a group that offered them a ton of money and they never entered this Fox deal, okay, maybe there's some credence to it. But now, no. No way. Absolutely not. Yeah, nah, I don't see it either. Like, in this climate, layoffs, all this stuff, nah. Um, the XFL going out of business couldn't have been that bad to force Hell him to sell. He'll be The fun. fact that it was in business, it says <laughs> something about how much money that Vince McMahon has. You heard. The fact that it got off the ground. Even, uh, hey, cheers. Says something. All right, so let's talk about actual pro wrestling going on now. Um, AEW. Still hosting weekly shows and have announced that they're going back live starting next week. Still with no fans. So, I mean, they're going back down to Jacksonville, it seems, and they're going to stage live shows. They had taped enough, they said, for two months. Uh, They're not going to need two months worth of content. I think they've been okay with staying afloat. A lot of other people like the weekly shows more than me at this point. Um, I I think NXT has just been staying afloat too so I'm not saying that that's good by any means either but I I think they've hit a wall and I'm not urging people to go out during a pandemic and work but strictly for the product I think it is getting a bit stale so live shows might help I mean at this point look man I'm never going to say that that I want to see people like work in this environment I'm just not but But they made the decision yeah, I'm just going to say, all right, cool, whatever, I accept it. Like, do what you want. Um, yeah, so I, I really don't care anymore. Like, I'm going to watch it. If you if you want to die, that's your hill to die on, not mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, back to live shows, I guess. The weird thing about the live shows is we can talk about this. Like, NXT has, like, seen a lot of botches lately. I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but it's like there's been a lot of botches on these empty arena shows, and I blame it on it being an empty arena. Like it's just 
I don't know if the guys are losing focus, but I've just seen a lot of botched moves, and it's just, I don't know. Wrestling is hard to, to translate in front of no audience, period. Yeah, I've been thinking about that, too, and I think it's because wrestlers have to go above and beyond to not have their spots called now. So when you have crowd noise and you have other stuff to drown it out, you can call spots a little easier. When it's empty and you got to really not say anything out loud because every little thing is heard, it's harder to call spots. So you might miss more spots. I don't know. You don't want to be John Cena out there. Nobody wants to be Cena. Don't go full Cena. <laughs> Just yelling your whole match out. So I get, I mean, the Keith Lee match, and we'll talk about NXT in a second, but there was two botches in that. Keith Lee hardly ever has those spots. It's not like Punishment Martinez is a new wrestler. Like, he's cut his teeth in ROH shows. It, it was a little odd of a match there. But in AEW, I don't know. I, I feel like they're just treading water. I love the Jericho and the and, and the Bubbly Bunch. Those skits are hilarious. Um, I haven't seen the Dark Order in a month. So I've seen the Exalted one, but what does, does he need the Dark Order for anything? Like, Brody Lee is a standalone guy now to me. And yeah. the Michael yeah. Stunt stuff was okay, but people went batshit over it. Like, it was a normal squash match. And I still don't like his in-ring attire. So it's it's okay, but it doesn't match the Dark Order for me. Their tournament, I thought, would be a little better. It's cool. It's given some good matches, but nothing special. I, I think they've just been treading water. I haven't seen, The only thing special I've seen is Britt Baker. Yo, the Britt Baker stuff this week, like, they're legitimately good segments. Like Every that, week. Every yeah, week. They've been killing it with Britt Baker. Like, they, they, whatever they've done, they figured it out with her. And as long as she's not wrestling for the time being, and hopefully she's just going to get better, it's been good. But I, I do agree that I feel like both promotions without – I mean, okay, WWE has um, money in the bank to work towards. But it hasn't really helped at all. In terms no. of building towards that, well, it helped AW's Raw, got, not SmackDown. Y- yeah, what? It's it's helped it's, Raw, not SmackDown. Oh, okay, I get what you're saying. Because SmackDown yeah. is doing nothing. Um, no, nothing at all. AEW's working towards double or nothing, but it's so far away that it's just kind of like they're just doing things. And NXT is the same. So yeah, I agree that they're all just kind of there, and all have their highs and lows. Like if we're gonna just talk about AEW, um, I like the Darby Allen Kobe Cody match. Um, yeah, but I we saw did. that match in front of fans and it killed. Yeah, yeah, it's harder to do it without any fans. Yeah, I, again, I keep saying Darby Allen's a star. Um, I think this tournament's going in the direction of Lance Archer is going to be Cody. Um, Sean Spears showing up every week. Nah, I'm good. Uh, the tag match was actually not bad. The uh, the best friends versus Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian. It wasn't bad. No, that wasn't horrible. No. Um, But there's like... Good match. Yeah, I don't know. Like, we haven't seen Hangman Page in weeks. No. Haven't Um, seen Omega in a second. And when we did, he just teamed with a random guy. Well, he had a a one-on-one like two weeks ago. Like, Page, we haven't seen at all. Um, Um, Like, we haven't seen Death Triangle. Like, we haven't seen Pac in the crew. Uh, We haven't seen any tag team seen at all. No, and I, and I know that has a lot to do with travel and things like that, but I feel like there's just certain things that it's like for these weeklies, 
Fortunately, in the case of AEW and NXT, it's only two hours of television you got to fill up. Yeah. Even even SmackDown to a degree, like Raw, it's like shit. Three hours, it's a lot. So it's like you know you I think Raw's been doing the best the past two weeks. Um, I don't know if they're doing the best. I, I mean, they're doing better than SmackDown. SmackDown, I just have no idea what's going on there anymore. I put uh, Raw above AEW and NXT the past two weeks. I wouldn't, but whatever. Either way, it just feels like everybody needs kind of a little bit of a refresh right now because yeah. you're kind of not working towards anything. And all your plans that you did have are gone up in smoke because of coronavirus. So yeah. going back to, to weekly live, fine. Like I said, if, if it kills you and that's what you the hill you want to, well, the promotion you want to die on, go for it. But, uh, like, yeah, I can't be mad at this shit anymore. Like, I, I can't be like, this is irresponsible. If y'all want to no, do it, No, it's just what they're doing. Yeah. yeah, it's like whatever. Like... I don't know. It's just what they've chosen to do, so we gotta like ride with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. AEW not having any champions on TV is is weird. Moxie comes back next week, but uh, no women's champion. Shit, no tag team Nyla's. champion. Yeah, Nyla hasn't been on TV at all. No tag team champions. Um, this tournament's for the secondary title, the TNT title, but even then, it's still just Cody. Probably going to be in the finals. So like, well, he is in the finals. It's Cody versus Lance Archer. It's Cody yeah. versus Lance Archer now. Yeah, but I mean, uh, but the, here's the weird thing: Cody going it's, over on Lance Archer is what I meant. Even yeah, though you I, think Lance is going to win, I think I think Lance is going to win. But no, no, no. Here's the, the real issue for me: is this as we're recording? It's the end of April, the beginning of May. Double or yep. nothing is not until like May twenty second or twenty third. So what the hell are they going to do to build this match for three weeks? I don't know. Maybe they're doing something with Lance Archer, like killing Dustin. At the end of that match, maybe there's something there. Maybe Lance Archer throws Brandy like off a scaffold or some shit to build towards the match. I don't know. I, I'm trying to find a way that they're going to build towards this match because like we haven't seen Jake Roberts. Like we haven't seen. Like I, I just don't know how they're going to play this. So I'm what? interested to see it, but eh, I don't know. It's three weeks away though, and they've built nothing towards that pay per view. You built this tournament with those two guys. You've built Jericho versus Broken Matt Hardy. That's it. Yeah. There's no other feuds. Three weeks away. No other feuds. Your champion has no one to fight because you just blew off that feud a week ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the problem with, uh, you know, trying to hold, continue doing shows in the midst of a pandemic. It's, yeah. It's going to so be it's, hard. It's, it's weird. And, you know, it's not a time where you demand perfection. But I think people are, are like, oh, my God, this is so great. And some of their best shows, I'm just like, yo, they're middling. Like they're not building anything. What do you? I don't. I don't get it. But some people are just, no pun intended, all in. Yeah. And whatever they get, they they like. But I think they're just kind of, you know, holding ground right now. Um, NXT, on the other hand, I would argue might be trying to do too much. I don't know what NXT is doing. Like they've stretched a takeover into three weeks at this point. Yo. They have okay. The um, what was the first match that they did that had the takeover background? Which match was that? The women's uh, ladder match. Okay, you haven't seen that graphic at all since. No, right? you hated it though. I hated it, but I'm just saying, like they 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 kind of committed to something and then it just disappeared. Now, for I guess we could talk. We might as well just talk about it. 
they're jumping into finally the Cole versus Dream match amidst the accusations that Velveteen Dream was inappropriate with some minors on social media. Which makes you feel like, yeah, they're just about to blow this thing off. Because there's no way they're going to put the title on Dream right now in the midst of this shit. Mm-hmm. So, leading up to all this, though, everything felt so haphazard. Because they had Dream come out, cut a promo. Finn Balor came out to interrupt him. They were supposed to have a match. Balor gets injured, quote-unquote. And then they go with Dream versus Cole and Bobby Fish. And then Dexter Lewis, out of fucking nowhere, becomes his tag team partner, which made absolutely no sense for a guy that you should be clearly building as a heel. But he just shows up for no reason. They win the match, which basically, for all intents and purposes... Like, takes Undisputed Era... They've become... Undisputed Era has become Adam Cole and the boys. Now, it's just kind of the way that they've been playing it. Yeah. And then, it, like, without Balor and Dream, without even discussing that match anymore, you're going right into a Cole versus Dream match. I don't... This is silly. But it feel, But I think it may have a lot to do with whatever Dream's dealing with right now. But the problem is that you are doing... The, it's... It's about to be May. WrestleMania was a month ago. This is no longer TakeOver. Like, all that TakeOver stuff they were talking, all of it's gone. None of it happened. Well, I guess you could say the, the Ciampa and Gargano match, that sucked. So it was like, your main title's been kind of held hostage by this pandemic, and now you're, you're kind of going into this match, which makes it also really weird, because on the same show next week is Io Shirai versus Charlotte. That's odd to have those two title matches on a random ass NXT. But I guess when you don't have takeover, I guess this is what you do. I I don't understand what's going on. Makes sense. Yeah. I don't get it. That's a good question. Because again, you're not building towards anything. You just blew all your feuds, and you're not starting any new ones. No. So, okay, if this is the blow off, right? You you got to determine when you're next takeover is so if that's in june and then you have one in august for SummerSlam, if you say okay we're doing one in june then you blow everything off now and have may to build new feuds you got five weeks this next next wednesday has to be the end of that last last takeover narrative so Dream has to lose to Cole. You have to start new feuds. You're introducing a new character in, uh, in Cross, who's coming out, who looks like he's building a feud with Ciampa, which you can blow off at the TakeOver in June. Um, Keith Lee is finally going to get a new opponent. It's not going to be Jack and uh, Punishment Martinez on loop anymore. Cool, you blew that off, even though I didn't like that as a blow-off. And you blow off Charlotte defending her title now. She's probably not going to lose it on weekly TV, so she's going to beat Io Shirai. Yes, we know that. There's no way Charlotte's losing that match. No. So, cool. That's a TakeOver caliber match, though. So, you, this is the end of that TakeOver long stretch. And now you build something new. If you like Candice LeRae as a heel, then you build her up, and in the next five weeks, you have her take it off Charlotte. That's not happening. We then all, you have... We all you know, know who, who Charlotte's going to lose to if she's Rhea. So yes. Rhea comes back and she takes it off Charlotte again. And then you build Candice LeRae to a few with Rhea. Yeah. And you got some time for that. And Candice LeRae can have a standalone match at TakeOver. 
You got to find something for Gargano to do in the feud. I don't like it. If you want Loomis to be a face, I guess Gargano has to go against Loomis. That's that's like the worst idea ever. Loomis isn't a face. No, I, look. This is where not having the benefit of a live audience to like test your talent is biting them in the ass. Candice LeRae, Dexter Loomis, um, somebody else. The Punjabi powers of pain, whatever the hell you want to call them. You have to test some things out in front of a live crowd to see if it's going to work. Um, not everything, because somebody like, I'm going to call him Killer Cross until he shows up. Killer Cross is a guy that you just know is going to work. And there's nothing that you need to do to make that work. You just put him on there and pull his string and let him go. But some of these other acts, it's like with Dexter Loomis, you got to test him out with the crowd. It's not going to work. Um, I, again, like NXT is in this spot where... And I like w- Dexter Loomis, by the way. Yeah, good for you. Um, I just... I need to see more of it, and I need to figure out where it's going. Like, okay, let's uh, now that we're on NXT. I mean, we can touch on other things AEW, but the round robin tournament was built specifically for the, the the reason that they don't know exactly when this pandemic is going to end, so they have enough matches to fill television with a purpose, right? Yeah. But the weird thing about this is. I'm totally fine with this round robin format. I thought, well, you know, you get some good matches out of it. This whole Drake Maverick thing is weird. It's like borderline. Like, what are you doing? Like, are you releasing? It's kind of like not? mini CM Punk, right? But like, is really. he going to leave the company with the cruiserweight title? But it's the interim cruiserweight title. So if he goes by, like, it doesn't matter. It's not <laughs> even the real title. So it's like. To play into this whole, like, he was crying on the internet about his job and then using it. Like, he beat Tony Nese and everybody gets, like, super excited. And I'm like, so? It's a round robin term. It's one win. Doesn't mean anything. And then, like, they're mentioning it in storyline. And then, like, it was a weird thing because now Morrow's back and Beth is back. So, like, the commentary, dreadful commentary of Beth Phoenix had returned. And, like, Morrow said a line about, uh, oh, God, Tony Nese doesn't care about Drake Maverick's perils or something like that. And then Beth Phoenix said the exact same line directly after it, which means that it's something that they're building into a story because it's not just an offhanded remark. They're using this. They're, like, trying to use this. And it feels like, are you firing him or not? Like, I don't even want the game. If it was for the actual Cruiserweight title and the Cruiserweight title meant something to a lot of us, cool. But as long well, as they're trying to make it mean something. Like yeah, it's on NXT, and then their champion got stuck overseas. I'm just saying, like Jordan Devlin's the champion. We all recognize yeah. him as the champion. Which is and why I told you don't put the belt on Jordan Devlin. And then you're like, no, it'll be fine. He can come back and forth, and dude, then boom, you pandemic. Can't a, you can't predict a pandemic. You cannot. Jordan Devlin, Devlin should be the champion. Period. Jordan Devlin is is a star. He deserved it. Correct. Yes, but he's a star. But this is a either, problem that can arise. But no, nobody could fucking predict. I guess this Pete problem. Dunn, yeah, Pete Dunn being stuck doesn't help either. Yeah, I'm just saying, Three like tag it, champs, and you can't predict this kind of stuff. So I can't blame them for putting the title on Devlin, but I, and I can't even blame for the the tournament because I think the tournament's actually a good idea for when yep. Devlin comes back. There's an opponent. The Drake yep. Maverick thing just bothers me because I'm just like, why are we using this? Like nobody. Well, he really was announced for the win. for the tournament before he was released, and. If he wants to wrestle and he's like, "Yo, I'm gonna put tape out there and they're gonna sh- they're gonna see how I can really be a wrestler," because again, he was the manager of cruiserweights and then he was 24/7 champion. People haven't seen him wrestle in two years. 
Yeah, but who gives a shit? Isn't so he wants to put some that? tape out there. No. Does he? Fuck. Yeah, look, look, if he wants to put if, tape out there and go to another company, if this gives him enough tape to go to an AEW as not a manager and as uh, a wrestler. Guess what? Guess Why what? not? There's enough tape of Drake Maverick in TNA. He does not need a WWE tape. Like, if any, like if you're signing Carl uh, Anderson, you're not signing Carl Anderson based off his work in WWE. No. You're not. So a Drake Maverick in the Cruiserweight, like, nobody gives a shit. It's just no, the way that... It, not, WWE, people yeah. accuse WWE so much of beating you down before you hit, you know, before you're released. So you have no momentum going into whatever place you go after them. That's always been the stick with Vince, right? With this, they're giving him a chance to not go off a of shitty momentum. He's actually building momentum for himself and for his character. I have no problem with that. I, I don't I don't get the, I don't understand it. Like I feel like the whole thing was built because he cried, right? And they're yep. using it for a storyline. There is I don't think there's any benefit to Drake Maverick whatsoever because if he was gonna go somewhere, he'd just be going somewhere. And guess what? Nobody's really signing nobody right now. So no, he got shit else to do, so he might as well wrestle. Yeah, it just the story. Like I said, the storyline is what I don't like. I don't, I don't like it being used in storyline because I just feel like it just feels cheap. It feels cheap that they're using this because this was a man's real emotion after getting really fired, and now you're just gonna really use it to try to have a storyline for a, a tournament for an interim title. I, it's dumb to me, but whatever. It is what it bothers it is. me a lot less. <laughs> And I think it's good. Like, it was a good match for him. Um, Swerve had a good match. Even though I'd, I get the roll-up, because Phantasmo seems... I don't know Phantasmo much, you know? No so, one does. No one do, But it seems like they're putting a lot on him, which is cool. But, you know, to make Swift, who's been there and been... I don't want to say jobbing out, but, you know, he's been waiting his turn in line for a couple of months now to have him not hit the finisher and to have to do a roll up I don't know it, it yeah. didn't help Swerve as much as it should have but I did like the shit talking after he won yeah. but it was just anticlimactic finish to what was a good match in my opinion it's again like I get why they're doing this tournament. I'm not mad at the tournament. Like, no. not everybody's gonna win clean. It's a it's a way. It's a tournament that you can work yourself out of very quickly. If live events were to come back, you just say, "All right, cool. We're gonna do like three matches on this one NXT, and we're gonna have an interim champion, and Jordan Devlin comes back next week." Or you do like a match a week, bleed the shit out until you figure out yep. when Devlin's coming back. Like that, it that part makes sense. It's good to introduce new talent like Phantasmo and seeing more swerve and finally giving Kushida something to do. That all makes sense. I don't know. It's just this whole Drake Maverick thing because it's like the other part about Drake Maverick is nobody's ever gave a shit about him. So it's hard to even fathom like this dude winning the tournament. So it's like, I don't know. It just. But now you got the crying video. There's something there now. Something there for what? If he's still going to go? So like, I'd feel. And it's one contract. What if they do decide to resign him? And do what? What if he keep him on NXT as part of the cruiserweight division? Like, will, but it is the question is: Is he actually going to do something? If he has the belt, yes, he would have to defend yeah, the belt. But I'm just, I don't know if they're going to. If keep not, him. he loses the tournament. and He goes home. Because the other part is like with CM Punk. Like imagine CM Punk cutting the pipe bomb promo in front of nobody. That's tough. So, like, it's hard to really figure out what Drake Maverick is doing and how it's go- getting over without anybody to do it in front of. 
I think everyone else likes it besides you. <laughs> who like who this likes is that? It? I don't know. It's not getting shit on. Yeah, like on Twitter, or social media. Ain't no one shitting on the storyline necessarily. I like I said. I just don't. It just feels like they're using it for something. And if he's not winning it, if there's no nothing here, or if they sign him back, it just feels like well, you're signing him back because he cried. Like yeah. Or they worked us, like you'll feel worked. Yeah, like yeah, I feel worked, like and I like, Yeah, I don't like all that. Just dude, fuck, like shit, get off the pot. Like if you're gonna, if you cut him because you didn't feel like he was worth having, then just cut him. Now yeah. they cried. Like, is it because of his work or what is it? Like, yeah. what are we doing? One promo saved his job. It's like, crazy is that, to me. Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. It doesn't bother me as much. Um, we touched on it. In NXT, uh, Killer Cross making his debut, which should be cool. I want to see what his entrance looks like. Again, weird with no fans, right? Very. Fans would have went nuts for that shit. Absolutely. Nonetheless, we'll go nuts on social media. So I want to see if they give him dope music. And Scarlet's going to look great no matter what. So fans, no fans. Scarlet's going to be the smoke show. So that'll be very well received. And then... Main event next week, Dream versus Cole, which you mentioned. And I, I just don't see Dream having enough momentum to stop Cole right now. No, dog. He has his penis in Miner's phones. They're, he's not winning. <laughs> like you, you can't. Even if he didn't do it, <laughs> you can't run that risk right now because no. you don't know. <laughs> and it's still kind of floating around out there. And I said this in our little group chat, and I'll say it here. Velveteen Dream is quickly becoming the 2020 version of Mr. Kennedy. Mr. Kennedy showed up, was an amazing promo with an amazing gimmick who looked clear as day like he was going to be the next big thing. And then for one reason or another, whether it was his attitude, whether it was injuries, whatever, he never got that moment. And it feels like if you're not going to crown Dream now, which you really shouldn't, where are we going with this? Because the thing about Kennedy and Dream that they both have in common is they're good wrestlers. They're not great wrestlers. So they're not guys that can really like showcase their talent by going. It's the gimmick that really helps them out. And they're good, they're good wrestlers. But if Dream doesn't win now, what are you doing with them? Well, you can't move them up. Because you can't move them up amidst controversy. You can't move them up with his penis and little girl's phone. You just can't, you can't. do that. Got to give that time. <laughs> I, don't, like he, I don't know. Like, can you run another injury angle with him? He just was gone. No, no, no. He has to... You got to put him in a lower-level feud, which doesn't help. No, or... or like you Him, might, Keith Lee? You, you might gotta, you keep him around with Keith Lee? Dog, you might have to put him in another injury angle until you figure this out. Like, for real. It sounds you terrible. ghost him real quick. Yeah, because, dude... Just this, let it calm down? Let, you let can't, the hush calm down? Yeah, you can't... This is something that you can't really play with. Especially right now. This, this is what... In age, you can't do it. This is what the problem is. Do you trust him to not fuck up while you ghost him? That's not my problem. That's his problem. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's their like, problem. No, like if you're if you're ghosting him to let it calm, to bring him back, can you trust him to not fuck up while you ghost him? Then you just like, dude, they have enough. That's a lot time. of idle time. If he's got to go, he's got to go. If he can't, if he can't keep it in his pants, it's time to go. Like if he can't keep his shit straight, it's time to go. Nothing you can do about it. Yeah, can't protect everyone. Nah, man. Some people just ain't built for this shit. And he's still young as hell. So he might be one of the... Like, dude, I promise you. I promise you. If social media was a thing when Randy Orton first got signed, oh, he wouldn't be here either. 
<laughs> That's true. No, they would have protected him at all costs. They, they, I mean, until you can't protect him no more. No wrestler is bigger than the business. None. Not to, not when you're facing like sexual, <sighs> sexual allegations. You're not. Yeah, that's true. Like nah. everything else, you can get by. Even racism, you can get away with. Yeah. Sometimes but, you got to cut someone and bring them back later too. Yeah, they got to learn. And so, yeah. If, so Dream might be that guy. Like, there's always been rumors of Dream being like hard to work with and doing things like being a party guy. There's all kinds of rumors about Dream. We don't know what's true and what's not. But if these are all things that are happening. And it's preventing him from go- taking the next step. Sometimes you got to say, all right, peace out for a little while. Take this injury yeah. angle, sit your ass down. Get it together. Yeah, you got to see if something finally clicks. You can't just, you know, you, you can't aid in the bed the, the actions if he's taking negative actions going forward. So we'll see how that goes this week. Um, we'll wrap up our show with WWE and their build for Money in the Bank. We're going to take another quick break. Before we get into that, though, so you guys stay right there. We'll be right back. All right, we'll jump right back into the show. But first, guys, are you looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they'll work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office to spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, and here we are back. Uh, as you guys can hear, shout out to the new sponsor, Blue Chew. <laughs> we, we made it. The, the Blue Chew sponsor. Listen, got to do what you got to do sometimes, I guess. Use the promo code if you're in that situation. It's a long quarantine. I don't know what you're doing in your household. But if we can help you, let us do so. So, <laughs> um, but we... <laughs> Hey, we're just we're here to help the people, Dre. We're here to help our listeners. Few things help better than a blue chew, I've heard. So I've been told. Mm-hmm. So uh let's get into the WWE talk though. Building for money in the bank, we touched on it earlier. Um, but we haven't really spoken on the newfangled rules for this year's money in the bank. It is already recorded, we know this. It was recorded at Titan Tower, and they are going to battle through the entire WWE headquarters to the roof where there's a ring with suitcases hanging above and ladders. Call me crazy, but I think this shit could work. All right. Remember what I said about the cinematic stuff? Yeah. Remember? Don't go over the deep. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting there. We're getting there. But this could be played off more as a real match. It's not as corny as the other stuff. It sure. Could be, Why not? But the, the point is, is that this could be fun. Could be. We'll do all our predictions and stuff next week. Mm. It could be a damn disaster. Because all yeah. cinematics aren't great cinematics, as we've seen. Like ultimately, yeah. we AJ Styles and, and Undertaker worked because Undertaker can't work. 
And the well, the Fiend versus John Cena worked because it's the Fiend. Everything doesn't need this, and I feel like this match is going to have that element, and it probably should. But I mean, look, man, I guess you got to you know make chicken salad, chicken shit sometimes, and maybe yeah. they will, maybe they won't. I'm more it's intrigued. different. Yeah, it's different. I'm just more intrigued. Like, who is going to win this? That's I, that's the thing Yo, that's getting me. I I don't know. We can start here then. Apollo Cruz, I thought was gaining a lot of momentum, and I thought they were doing well by him. Uh, it started with that Alistair Black match; it looked good, and then now he's out with an injury, kayfabe injury, to his knee, setting up a feud. It looks like with him and Andrade for the U.S. title, which is cool because you know what. Him as U.S. champion, let him take the the baby steps up the ladder. He was just non-existent. I like that. But now it's like, who's worthy of winning this? So, yeah, yeah. Odd Um, cast of characters. I I don't know. There's one slot open. Let's go. Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, Aleister Black, Baron Corbin. God, if he wins. Um, Dolph or Otis. Dolph should win that. And to be determined. See, so a lot of people immediately say, well, it should be Aleister Black. I can't picture Aleister Black walking around with a briefcase. I just can't. It feels like it takes away from his character. It feels like he can do this the hard way, which is just beat everybody's ass. It's true. Very true. So He, he doesn't need it. Baron Corbin can't win this shit. I don't mind Daniel Bryan, babyface Daniel Bryan, winning it. I, I can't see that happening either. Right? It's like, like a red herring, right? Yeah, like I can't see Daniel Bryan winning this. So then, like, it feels. Has he ever th- been Money in the Bank? Yeah, that's how he won his first title. He cashed it in on, on Mark Henry. Yes. Oh he yeah, then Sheamus bro kicked him in nine seconds. Yeah, that was that was after. But yeah, that's how he yep. got his first title run. Yep, yep. Um, Money in the Bank, in my opinion, is supposed to be used to elevate somebody who's kind of there but not quite, right? Okay. So when you look at this lineup, it felt like, I mean, dude, people would go against me when they say this. It felt like it would have been perfect for somebody like Apollo Crews if you were really committed to pushing him. Because it's something that I I mentioned. This is what I mentioned like weeks ago. Everybody likes to feel like somebody's earned it. And if Apollo Mm -hmm. Crews got a run and was money in the bank guy and kind of sat on the briefcase for a while, people would have been like, he earned it because he's been through hell to get there. Everybody else here... Um, like Zig- if Ziggler beats Otis on, on SmackDown and then he can't win, Otis maybe could win because Vince loves him so much, but I can't see that happening either. No. Um, who else is in this match? Who am I missing? Daniel Bryan, Dan- Ray Mysterio. Mysterio can't win it. Um, like, and I think Dolph Ziggler because it's a ladder match. Like, why the fuck is Otis going to be in it? And Otis beats Ziggler at the pay per view. It's time for Ziggler to do some shady shit and win. Yeah, sure. But so it leaves like black. As the one guy, I don't know, man. I I like the angle of, and this is because, and we'll talk about this more in a second, but I I think Raw is being carried by Zelina Vega in that stable. Yeah. And I think Andrade's ready to take the next step. So I think this is perfect for him to injure Apollo Crews, take his spot that he opened up by injuring his knee, and then going and winning the briefcase. But Apollo Crews then takes the U.S. title off of him, freeing him up to go and chase. It's a lot. You know, your scenarios always have a lot of work. 
It does, but it makes sense. I just, th- yeah, that's why it won't work. Because WWE doesn't <laughs> do things that take, uh, require a lot of work. Like Andrade no, But the storyline, I'm using their storyline. Andrade well, injured him, so why wouldn't Andrade injure him to take his spot? Well, the pro- well that could happen, but I, the, Andrade just came off of the suspension, so I can't see him winning this. I can't. He's marrying a flair. That is true. Still Casey, can't see him that, winning this. Grand opening, grand closing. He's marrying a flair. They're going to put the battery in his back. He's headlining three segments on Raw every week. So is Rusev. He had two matches this week. He was on for an hour and a half. Yeah, but so is Rusev. And where is he? He's not doing it now. Like, he's carrying <laughs> he's carrying a brand during a pandemic. He's on television with his manager more than a champ. I, look, man. You, you may be Now right. or never for him. Now you may be right. I, I don't know because he's not in the match yet, so I don't know. It, it, we yeah. could we could end up getting somebody, and then when we do our preview show next week, we'll be pissed off. We're like, why is this dude in the match? Daniel Bryan's a good fallback, though. Like, I never mind Daniel Bryan. Like, Aleister Black, you're right, though. Like, he's creepy enough to not need that. Yeah, it's just... And like, I would like to see him with a secondary title first. I hate people just jumping to the main title. Well, yeah, the IC title was always built to set you up to get that big That's title. It. And it, they kind of stopped it. doing that. They just kind of said, fuck it, here you go, you're now the champ. That's it. And you end up with Jinder Mahal, who goes mm-hmm. up, flames out, and it has no other storylines because you never built him a base on the mid-card. God, that was a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it was here today, title tomorrow. It, yeah, Dunzo that, once he dropped the belt because he was never on the mid card. It, it just, dog, it never made sense with gender. No. But who knows? Like this money in the bank thing, we'll we'll see how it plays out. Oh, um, if they tease Corbin winning this shit, we're gonna be so mad. The best thing they could do is tease Corbin winning heavy. Yeah, because oh, oh, then you get me worked up. Well, then we have the women's ladder, uh, Money in the Bank ladder match, and they had this weird match with Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, and Asuka. They ended on this strange DQ, and then Nia Jax like throwing ladders around. Like, yep. They, clearly, they didn't want to like they didn't want any of them to lose to keep them all strong. That was like the yeah. plan. But why even fucking book the match? <laughs> like that. That, that was kind of that's what weird I, to me. I'd be okay with the match if this was the go home match. Right. What do you do next week? Exactly. <laughs> I don't understand this. If this was the go-home show match and Nia looks strong and she throws shit around it's DQ, you build entry going into the pay-per-view, I get it. But you got another week to fill. I, I don't understand that. So that was weird. Um, no one on SmackDown's winning this shit. Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans. Man. Mandy right. Rose. Yeah. Dude, Mandy could win it. Man, oh, fucking Vince. You're I know. So right. I know. So there's this other weird thing that I'm starting to know. I'm not even starting to know. It's something that I keep talking about. How talent gets called up from NXT that was like super over ends up being like mid carters, and then talent mm-hmm. that wasn't doing shit in NXT gets called called up and then starts doing great things. Alexa Bliss is a perfect example. Baron Corbin never won a major title. Samoa Joe was a champion, isn't doing shit. Like oh, he's on commentary, thank God. Yeah, at least he's doing that right instead of Jerry the King Lawler. But for yeah. the most part. When you get called up from NXT, you have a completely new life that is has nothing to do with what you did in NXT. Like, where's Bobby Roode, for instance? Like, so the thing that I noticed this week was Liv Morgan going over again on Ruby Riot, which you might as well throw the dirt on her grave because it's over. But Ruby oh, Riot was Ruby's somebody, so good, though. Yeah, but that's not what we're here for. They're here for Liv Morgan now. And this yep. is no indictment on Liv Morgan. I like her finisher. I always thought that there was, could be something there with her. But it felt like Ruby Riot was never truly explored as a, as a real player in, in WWE. Well, I, 
I say they let her lead that faction, and she was going somewhere until she got hurt. And then the injury was so long that now, yeah, like she she does need a rebuild. Ember Moon's gonna need a rebuild too. Like it's so distant from what happened in NXT, especially because the injury. That I get it, um, and she's she's really helping Liv Morgan in the ring because that match wasn't bad. And no, I'm like, okay, you know what, Liv Liv can get busy a little, so I'm not mad at it. But it's just like, come on, Vince. Like, you're, you're pushing the same stereotype again. Ruby should get a time to kind of cycle through again and see what she she gets going. No, it's maybe, over. Maybe she needs to be in the shakeup. Maybe she needs to go to SmackDown. Dog, it's over for Ruby. It's over. I like Ruby. I like her, too, but it's over. Just like it's over for Ember Moon. It's over. How do you know? She's been injured for a year and a half. Mm, it, was, it was never going anywhere when she was here because they never figured out what to do with yeah. it. Yeah, Ruby has more personality than Ember. She does, but the problem is, is like, she, it goes back to what I said about, like, Shayna and Becky. Like, Vince, like, came in and was like, ugh. Like, I feel like he did that with Ruby at some point. Looked at Liv Morgan and was like, that's the one, which is fucked up. But it just kind of feels like that is what's happening. So everybody that worked really hard in NXT, very few that were either champions or were, were either top stars in NXT, it doesn't translate. I don't know no. what happens. It's two like two different guys on top. Yeah, but it's two like two different guys value two different things. They come in, right? They come in hot and they get this commentary boost from NXT, blah blah blah. Look it. And then the next week they're just a regular person again. Whereas if you yeah. kind of carried who they were in NXT over, and the only case that this actually really worked was with Kevin Owens when he beat John Cena. Uh, yep. when that that was where you were like, oh shit, the brand is established. That's how you do stuff like that. But it's it's been weird how they've cycled this in reverse. Mandy Rose didn't do shit in NXT. Knock Sonya Deville for, didn't do for anything a hot in NXT. second though. Huh? Knock Not- worked all the way through the Royal Rumble and into the Styles feud. Doug Nakamura is arguably the biggest travesty of a call up for for WWE. Really? Yeah. He had nine months of fuego. Did he? He did. Did he? They did right by him for nine months. Are you sure about that? Do I have to remind you who he lost to? Do you remember? Knock? Knock lost to Jinder Mahal twice. Did you forget that part? Yes. Oh, shit. That's ugly. As a baby face, Jinder Mahal beat Shinsuke Nakamura twice. Ugh. All right. See? Like, like, I renege. Everybody, forgets, <laughs> like, everybody forgot this because like it, they framed it when Nakamura won the Royal Rumble. It was like, dream match, him and AJ Styles. And just yeah. kind of like Daniel Bryan when he won the title, they completely made you forget that he got squashed by Sheamus. They made you forget that he even had a title. Shinsuke yeah. Nakamura had two opportunities against Jinder Mahal and lost both of them. Clean as a sheet. And then went to the Royal Rumble and then won. And then the nut Lost shot. again. Yeah. Biggest dude. When we talk that, about can't That miss, Royal Rumble was so fucking dope. Yeah. And neither person won. No. Oscar lost and Knock lost. It's 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 so hard to fathom this. Like there's a lot of people that, you know, I've even criticized Nakamura's work as like he can be lazy at times. It doesn't feel like he's going hundred percent. But when that dude came in from, from uh New Japan to NXT and you watch that opening, his first entrance and then oh. you watch as it as it morphed over time and the crowd was singing and everything was going on. Then you saw him make his debut on SmackDown. Fuck it. I just posted that the other day. And Chills. how insane that was. And nothing happened. Like if you remember he be, like he he 
and, uh, he interrupted the Miz, and there was no feud there. It just ended. No. And then he just kind of did some things, and he was cool. Then he got somehow I can't remember how he got into the matches with Gender, and he lost them both. And I was like, wow, they're fucking this up. Then he won the Royal Rumble. You're like, all right, cool. Maybe. And then that Mania that. entrance. Yes. Oh God, that Mania entrance is so dope. And that was it because that was it. That was the end of it. The Shinsuke Na- heel Shinsuke Nakamura is a great thing if you play it right. And it has yep. never been played right. And the bigger issue that Vince McMahon continues to have is guys like Nakamura, because you didn't have to turn him heel, but you did. And Bobby Roode have two of the most over entrances, period, in pro wrestling, and you fucked them both up. Yep. Because Bobby they were too over for your liking. Yeah, well, you had to, you turned Bobby Roode face, which was completely what he wasn't, because yep. clearly Vince didn't watch NXT or anything that Bobby did, Roode did previously to understand, like, yo, this dude's a heel. Let him have yep. that interest, let the crowd sing with him, but make him a complete dickhead. It's that You could do that. With Nakamura, yep. they turned him heel, and Vince was like, we got to change his music. No, it's the most over thing about his character. His personality, this is everything that transcends Nakamura. Like, you found a way to keep the most charismatic talent in New Japan just as charismatic NXT only to fuck it up on the main roster. If he didn't build it, he doesn't like it. No, and he, he, he's the case of trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, so because he didn't invent the wheel first, right? So to bring this all full circle, when I look at that uh, women's Money in the Bank ladder match and I see Mandy Rose, I'm like, yeah, she ain't do shit in NXT. She might win this, like, because she just looks a certain way. Like Alexa Bliss, come on, man, what was she doing in NXT? Buddy Murphy, but she she grabbed that she grabbed the brass ring and ran with it. I, I didn't saying, mind her as champ. I'm just what I'm saying though is it's weird because. If, you, if you're really trying to treat NXT as a third brand and not developmental, you got to kind of acknowledge what these people are in NXT. And you have yeah. to acknowledge that Alexa Bliss wasn't shit in NXT. Doesn't mean she can't work to get there, but the, you can't just thrust her into that role and all of a sudden she's super over. And you can't ignore guys like Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode, Nakamura, how, talent, how great they were in NXT and then completely shit on them when they get to the main roster. Like yeah. Joe had you a good run, but he lost the all the work time. They did. Yeah, Joe Joe had a great run as a bully heel, but he never won. So at a certain point, you start going, well, what's the point? He's just going to lose. So give me something to invest in. Again, my issue is nobody in the WWE earns it anymore. Apollo Crews, if he gets on this running streak, we're going to get behind him. Like Kofi, we got behind him because we felt like he earned it. Yep. Like, everybody else, I'm like, if Baron Corbin wins, dog, he's been in the main event picture forever. No, I don't care. Rey Mysterio's already had it. What has he done to earn winning the Money in the Bank ladder match now? Who cares? Nothing. Aleister Black, maybe, yeah. but he doesn't need it. It's weird, because Black, I, I would say, Black would make the most sense, because he looks like a guy that should that should just be a star. But the problem with Black is, you're right, like, I can't picture him toting a briefcase around every week. It just yeah. looks weird to me. And then the idea yeah, he's of not, he's him, not him, like lurking. Yeah. yeah, you gotta do like some creepy shit to win. Yeah, like the cash in, like the only time the cash in worked for a baby face that I can really remember, because Dolph was a, a, a heel when that worked. Um, everybody's been pretty much heel. Edge, who was a man who really made that a thing, was Rob Van Dam when he challenged John Cena at ECW One Night Stand. But he challenged him straight up. Yeah, he did. He baby face up. move. Yeah, that's a baby face move. Black um, will kind of have to do the same. Because just I couldn't see him just running out there black masking somebody. Unless it's a monster. Yeah, even Like, you can do that, 
to Brock Lesnar, and it'd be fine. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess you could do it to Braun Strowman, but what? Daniel Bryan could win and do it to Braun Strowman. Yeah, see, like he could just running knee Braun Strowman. There's no one in attendance, but (laughs) theoretically, people would go crazy. (laughs) That's my point. It's just like when even when Daniel Bryan did that against Mark Henry, because Daniel Bryan was a babyface when he did it, and that's what turned him heel. The way he did it, yeah. So it's it's difficult, man. It's just. I don't know. I don't I've gone know. two different directions with this. One is that Vince hates everybody from NXT, and two, it's like let's have somebody earn this opportunity. So um, Braun Strowman is going to face Bray Wyatt, by the way, not the not the Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Well, then Braun which means Bray Wyatt's going to lose. Yeah, but well, the feud to be extended. I, I didn't mind this, except I want Bray Wyatt to win sometimes. But I think he beat the Miz as Bray Wyatt. Yeah. So that's fine. If Bray Wyatt has to lose, have him lose as Bray Wyatt and piss the Fiend off. I don't even understand but, the point of this, though. I don't know. We'll talk about more last next week because yeah. we'll have a whole other show to watch and Indeed. see where this develops. Um, yeah, that's pretty much our wrestling recap for this week. I want to thank you guys for listening, as always. Shout out to the sponsors. Shout out to Blue Chew. Um, shout out to Blue Wire, the network. See how that goes? We're in sync right there. Follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. Until next week, thank you guys for listening. We're out. Peace. Oh my-